Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me today on Ask the Blood Detective. My name is Dr. Michael Wald, and I am the Blood Detective. That is my self-proclaimed title. Well, actually, a, a patient several years ago gave me that title, and, I, and now I take it on as a badge of honor, and it's the title of the radio show, Ask the Blood Detective. So this is a lifestyle radio show. What you're going to hear during the show and what you'll hear during all of my Ask the Blood Detective radio shows are how to live better. But here is the difference. You know, being a blood detective means that you know something about your health, that you have the, the intelligence and the way of thinking that is sort of like a detective. You are questioning things. You wouldn't necessarily accept all the health information you hear at face value. You question it. When something's unclear, if you don't understand or see a connection between how this information out there might actually benefit you or a loved one or a family member or a friend, then again, as a blood detective, you detect. Now, as the word blood in blood detective suggests, one thing I love to do is interpret blood work. And again, a blood detective might interpret blood work differently than a a non-blood detective. Now, during all of these Ask the Blood Detective radio shows, I will continue to throw in some twists. You'll think you understand something, and then I'll tell you and show you how you don't, sometimes, for the purpose of teaching you how to question like your own personal blood detective. Look, Today's show topic is heal yourself, help yourself. How can you heal yourself and help yourself if you don't have the education and the type of thinking like a blood detective that helps you navigate all of this confusing health and nutrition and medical information out there? Well, the answer is you can't really help yourself as effectively as you could if you did not uh, take it upon yourself to be more like your personal blood detective. So, If you're going to take care of yourself and your family and help your friends get healthy by educating them, if that's something you want to do, you'll have to do things that most people are not doing. I mean, think about successful people. Successful people in any walk of life, they don't generally think and do the things the same ways as your ordinary person. Successful individuals, I would say, in any endeavor, and in particular, the healthcare arena, need to think differently than ordinary people. You know, my last radio show was called The New Normal. And during that show, I described what the new normal of health is. Now, you might be saying, the, well, what's, what's the new normal? Listen to the show, because once you know what the new normal is, you'll open yourself up to all of these health and healing possibilities that you did not have before. And your brain is going to be a little different with that knowledge. And it's going to start seeing things differently and seeing healthy and healing solutions differently. And I give a lot of those healing solutions away during that and all of my 
Ask the Blood Detective radio shows. By the way, you can find any of my shows at my website at www.integratednutritionny.com under the blog section. Or if that's too difficult to remember right now, you can go to blooddetective.com and look at the blog section for all the radio shows. So we're talking about healing yourself, helping yourself. And we've established that if you want to get healthier than you are now, if you want to lose that weight, if you want to improve that poor memory, if you want to increase your energy, if you want to look better, if you want to feel better, maybe your joints are achy, you've got musculoskeletal problems, maybe you've got an autoimmune disease, God forbid, maybe you have cancer or some other horrific disease for which you have not reached the level of health that satisfies you. If you have those sorts of goals, maybe it's a simple goal. Maybe you want to lower your cholesterol level. It's not so simple for some of us, we'll admit. Then whatever it is you're doing now, however you're thinking about your health and therefore, you know, your thinking obviously controls what you do and what you do not do. So let's say whatever you're doing now, the way that you're operating now in your life relative to your health, if it's not fulfilling your health goals, well, guess what? That's right, you need to change it. You need to think differently. So if your doctor says, listen, to lower your cholesterol, I need you to exercise more, and I need you to eat more fruits and vegetables. That's about the level of information that even the most highly trained doctor will give a person with high cholesterol before hopefully before uh, they just write you a script for a statin medication or some other uh, cholesterol-lowering medication. And if you've been doing that and wondering why your cholesterol isn't responding, well, then maybe you need more detail than simply exercising more and eating more fruits and vegetables. Maybe you need to exercise 15 or 20 minutes a day at a heart rate that's about 70% of your heart rate's maximum, let's just say. And let's also say that rather than just eating more fruits and vegetables, you would maybe make a smoothie in the morning with some frozen organic mixed berries and put that in the thermos and drink it throughout the course of the day so you get the recommended number of fruits and vegetables that might actually lower your cholesterol. The point of me mentioning this is that, again, if you're doing something or not doing something, which is actually doing something, you're doing what you're doing, and if it's not working for your health, you need to change it. It's, it, it's an all a throwback to that definition of insanity, and most of us have heard it before. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. People get frustrated, they wonder what they're doing wrong. Like my example with cholesterol, eating fruits and vegetables, exercising more, on the surface, sounds like good advice. But maybe you need more than that or something different like the more detailed explanation that I gave. So let me tell you something very important. You need to hear this. You know, how long you live is not determined mostly by your genes. It's determined mostly by your environment, what you eat and the water that you drink and the air that you breathe and the earth that you live on, all of these factors that are outside of us impact and wash over our genes. And then our genes express in certain ways that might be 
a health-promoting way, or it might be a disease-promoting way. And all of this talk now about we know the entire human genome and people, I can tell you many of my patients have spent lots of money on genetic assays when I can tell you this. Yes, we know all the genes now in the human genome. And yes, you can have your doctor or some other healthcare provider send a blood sample and have some of your genetic markers checked. But most of us are still going to die of basically four things. Cardiovascular disease like heart attack and stroke, diabetes, cancer, and infections, just to name a few. Autoimmune disease is, uh, is up there as well. So even if you knew where you had some little quirks in genes, people misunderstand that, well, they make it more than it is. At the present time, I personally do not recommend most of these commercialized genetic tests because on the one hand, even if, you, even if it was somehow valuable for you to know some of these genetic quirks, if you're not doing some of the basic things that I'm about to go over in your life, it doesn't matter anyway. So I see people spending money on these various tests, but not making some essential lifestyle choices, health choices that are required so that your genes maximize their health potential as opposed to maximizing your disease potential. Now, the last word on genetics for the moment is that there are certain gene issues that are absolutely important to know. So uh, those, that's a conversation perhaps for another show. But what we've established now is that if you want to heal yourself and help yourself, heal yourself and help, and help yourself, you need to know a few things. Am I saying you should never consult with a doctor or a healthcare practitioner like a nutritionist? Of course I am not. But do not put all your eggs in that basket. Look, the average medical physician in the United States has less than 30 hours of nutrition education. You know what that means? It means exactly what you think it means. Physicians do not know about health. Unless, of course, they're individuals who have uh, sought out continuing education courses and taken the appropriate education, usually for personal reasons. They may be into health themselves. Well, those are exceptions. But by and large, the average physician has less than 30 hours of nutrition education. And we say that we have a health care system. We do not have a health care system. We have a disease care system. Of course we have a disease care system. So that's a little blood detective twist. When you think about it, you know it's true. You don't need a whole lot of convincing. Why? Well, when's the last time you decided to see your doctor when you just felt well because you had an afternoon off? That's not how most people operate. They get a symptom or health problem that's chronic enough that it interferes with their life. It's annoying enough that they finally, you finally find time to get to your doctor so they can handle your disease or dysfunction. Very few people work on staying well. Now, I should make another very important distinction here about health, what is health and what is not. Now, I've done shows where I've talked about the philosophy and the semantics around health and healing. But for now, I want to just say this one thing. Health is not just 
the absence of symptoms. Meaning, just because you don't feel that you're unhealthy doesn't mean that you are healthy. I remember a very nice woman who came to see me some years ago. She was a beautiful person, both inside and out, except the fact that she was riddled with cancer and eventually succumbed to her cancer. She was almost entirely asymptomatic for most of the years that she had her cancer. The point is that the way diseases happen, some of them simply do not produce symptoms or we do have symptoms, but we don't recognize them as symptoms. In other words, chronic fatigue in a 50-year-old for, for years could mean that they have a, a, a disease called myeloproliferative disease in their bone marrow. It doesn't always mean that. They might just have overworked most of their life. My point is this. The absence of symptoms does not necessarily equal health. We have been brainwashed to think that if we're feeling good, there's no reason to get a tune-up. But most of us tune up our cars. We've heard that analogy throughout our lives. We tune up our cars because we know what happens. If you don't tune up your car, it's going to cost you much more money later to fix the problems when they were tiny and you could have prevented them. So what I'll teach you here during the Ask the Blood Detective shows are how to look at clues that might mean early breakdown in your body. You're, you're functioning okay, but might mean something. I want to actually bring your attention to two, possibly three shows I did called Visual Signs of Disease, where you can just look in the mirror or look at a person. I teach you dozens and dozens of things that you can see on people and yourself that you would never know mean disease. In other words, you'll get smarter as a blood detective. You'll start to notice things. Some of you are getting nervous thinking, I don't want to know these things. Then what? Well, then you can change your lifestyle up a bit and or work with a healthcare provider who has some wherewithal of what health is to help you get healthy. I'll give you a few examples of visual signs of disease just to open up your, your brains a little bit. Number one, maybe you're very pale and maybe you've always been very pale, but you might be pale because you have a chronic iron deficiency anemia. That'll cause pallor of the skin. Maybe you tire easily. That also might be because of iron anemia. But that can, you can also be fatigued and have pale skin and tire easily because you have just overall bad nutrition or you have too much stress and or not enough exercise. If you look yellow, if you have a yellow tinge to you, which I see on people all the time, that could mean that your liver is diseased or you might have an issue with your red blood cells. Red blood cells can break up for, for different reasons and they release bilirubin, which is a pigment that deposits in the skin and other fatty areas of the body and can give you a yellow tinge to you. And because you're looking at yourself every day in the mirror, you may not recognize that yellow tinge. When I see a person, and they've got that going on. To me, they're glowing yellow. Another example, look at your earlobes in the mirror. If you have a crease in your earlobe, that could, number one, particularly in women or men that wear earrings, it could be just from an earring. 
that pulls on the skin and causes an enfolding of the skin, a crease on the earlobe. Or if you do not wear an earring, that crease could mean, and it's recognized to be, one of the most predictive signs of hardening of the arteries. You might say, what? How can a crease in your earlobe mean this? By the way, this finding, complete with photos, is in every basic cardiology handbook of examination. What happens is this. When your arteries get hard, they break down, the circulation becomes impaired. Arteries become tiny capillaries, which are in the lobe of your ear. If the circulation in that earlobe, because of hardening of the arteries, is diminished, the tissue starts to crease and it creases in, causing that fold on your earlobe. Even when you can correct hardening of the arteries, which you can, by the way, the sign in the ear will never, will never go away. So look, these are just a few examples. I'll give you number one, another one. Hair loss, let's say in women. That could be from low thyroid. And some of you ladies out there are saying, oh, well, yeah, I heard that and my doctor checked my thyroid. Well, question that because on Ask the Plug Detective, we want a TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, as part of your thyroid panel, along with a free T4 and T3 hormone. Now, what if you're right? What if your doctor did those tests and more and they were normal? That doesn't mean you have a normal thyroid. Why? Thyroid testing ranges on a blood test, you know, the high and the low range. They're designed to pick up pretty extreme disease of the thyroid. So if you have, let's say it's 30% disease of the thyroid before your blood work shows anything wrong, that has to do with what's called the sensitivity of a blood test. It's got to get to the surface, the problem, before the test shows anything. And before it gets to the surface, something's been happening before then, right? And then it gets noticed, either on a blood test or you have a symptom. My point is this. You might have 20% sluggish thyroid, but your doctor won't recognize that because they're looking for a thyroid disease. Somehow, some doctors think, they must think this because they certainly operate from this place, that if your blood tests are normal, your thyroid and your cholesterol and all these other things, then somehow you're healthy. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And somehow they think that if your blood work is normal, then that normal is the same thing as optimal. So for example, part of the thyroid panel I mentioned is the TSH hormone. The TSH hormone, and I'll give you a, a range on a blood test, could be, and this varies, from let's say 0.6 to 5.5. If your TSH falls anywhere with, between 0.6 and 5.5, your doctors actually think that anywhere within that range is all equivalent and fine. But if you're on the high end still normal, but high end of TSH, that implies that your thyroid is very sluggish. You might have everything from depression, constipation, hair loss, fatigue, 
Uh, you can have very foggy memory developing. You can have loss of the outside of your hair on your eyebrows. All kinds of problems. Your cholesterol can go up because your TSH or any of your blood work, depending on the symptom and the blood test you're talking about, could be in the normal range, but not in the best place in the normal range. Once again, the last show that I did, which you can find in the archives, your new normal talks about blood work and what is normal and then what is optimal. See, that's a different way of thinking right there that you as your own personal blood detective can learn to think like. If you think that way, then that means if you're told by your doctor that your blood tests look good and you know you are not okay, you just know it, you don't feel right, then you would investigate further. You would look at your labs and you would talk with another health professional who knows how to interpret those optimal ranges or maybe sees patterns that are right there. I mean, you know, a lot of times people will see me and they'll say, yeah, my doctor said I'm fine. Here's copies of my tests. And I look at them and I'm like, and I say, well, look, why don't, before we start anything else, why don't we review the abnormalities on your tests? And some of the patients look at me and they say, Dr. Wald, what do you mean? I was told that the blood work is fine. I said, well, look at this. Do you see this number here, this value, how, and how there's a L next to it for low? And you see this one over here that says high? And they'll say, yeah. I'm like, well, these weren't explained to you, I'm guessing, because your doctor did not think that they were a disease. But that doesn't mean they're not a dis ease, a dysfunction, or something that we should look at to try to fix that might just have something to do with you're not feeling your best. And then some of those patients will bring the test back to their regular doctors and tell them what I said. And those doctors will say, nonsense, these are fine. These are normal for you. Realize the following. Your blood test ranges. This is not me making this up. This is a fact of science. They are determined based on where 95% of the population is and where the rest, the other 5% of the population falls. Think of it like a hill. Think of a hill in your mind's eye, okay? Right in front of you. The top of that hill is the median. 95% of men and women in your age range will fall in the center of any blood test range. And then the other 2.5% and the other 2.5% for the rest of the 5% fall on each side of that hill. So if you are different than 95%, why are we saying it's normal? It's not. It doesn't mean it's a disease. It may not have anything to do with how you feel health-wise, but it also might. So I've done research over the last 25 years or so of my 27 years of clinical experience studying what are called healthy or optimal blood values and that as compared to the normal, what they call the clinical ranges. So that's a different way of thinking that might help you heal yourself and help yourself. Let me, uh, let me read you something interesting, just a short quote. The British Medical Journal, they looked at and they questioned over 20,000 British folks and they and, that, and what, what was interesting is that they showed that you can cut your risk of having a stroke by half by doing just four simple things. Being active for 30 minutes a day, 
eating five daily servings of fruits and vegetables every day, avoiding cigarettes and excessive alcohol. Those four things, let me repeat them. Be active for 30 minutes every day because you're worth it. Eat five daily servings of fruits and vegetables. You can't eat all that? Well, make a smoothie in the morning with the frozen organic combined fruits, especially the berries. And you can have the equivalent of that many servings. And if you really want to think like a blood detective, you would add superfoods of powdered concentrates of fruits and vegetables into that smoothie so you supercharge that that uh, smoothie that you make in the morning. So you see, it's not difficult really to think a little differently. You want to think in terms of health solutions. What would, you know, what I say to myself when I'm trying to figure out how to live better, whether it's I just need advice, whether it's health advice or advice in any other area, I pretend that there's a me that's got it all together, okay? And then I say imaginatively to that person, see, so what would, what would you do, person who is me, who knows all the answers? What would you do to make sure, for example, that I was active for 30 minutes a day? Okay, so here's the question. How can I ensure being active for 30 minutes a day? So my know-it-all self is going to say, well, that's easy. All you need to do is schedule it in your life. Set the reminder on your calendar, on your smartphone, for a certain time in the morning or a certain time in the evening, whatever you choose is best. And when that goes off, no matter what you're doing, you go walk. That's it. Just like you would go to sleep, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, you just do it. You know, and for those of us out there who are saying, I I don't have the time, you know, If you got hit by a car right now and you broke your leg, God forbid, you would find the time to go to a hospital, I promise you. So time is that illusion which we use as an excuse. We can can use it rather than it using us. Use your technologies. As I mentioned, putting a reminder in your calendar in your phone. Maybe also uh, having a loved one or your family member or a friend uh, work out with you. Uh, Give them permission to say, hey, didn't you say I can tell you when you're not doing what you said? And you don't get mad at them. You thank them. Thank you. Then this thing about, let's see, eating the five daily servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Well, we solve that easily. You have some fruits and vegetables in your home. You take some fruits and vegetables with you to work. You, you start to integrate more uh, vegetables, for example, in your daily eating. And the, the least that you can do, the least, if you change nothing else in your life, is as I mentioned, use dehydrated superfoods. So I have four superfood products. They're called Detox 1, 2, 3, and 4. And they're red, orange, purple, and green based on the concentrates of all the different fruits and vegetables. You take a scoop of each of those every morning, either with water in a thermos, you drink it all day long, or you drink it for breakfast, whatever you want, Uh, and or you have it in addition to your smoothie, you mix it right in, or to the rest of your food. So you'll find that on the Blood Detective uh, website, Detox1234, if you're interested in those uh, superfoods. So the British Medical Journal, when they looked at these, questioned these 20,000 people, and they found that a couple of things. Again, 
being active 30 minutes a day, eating five servings of fruits and vegetables, avoiding cigarettes and alcohol. A little alcohol here and there is fine. Although, don't believe the so-called French studies that you know drinking alcohol will, will reduce your cardiovascular risk. That was never true. That was just false advertising. Just don't have too much alcohol. What's too much? That depends on the person. Certainly no more than a glass of wine every night or three days a week. And if you're on medication, that changes all the rules. If you have liver problems and other health care problems, that changes all the rules. So I'm not telling you how much alcohol to drink. And as far as avoiding cigarettes, well, that's tougher. Yeah, it's tougher because if you're breathing air right now, you're smoking. So I've read studies that say that just breathing air, depending on where you live, you can breathe in the amount of cigarettes equivalent to a pack or more a day. But what you can do is by exercising, by drinking clean water, by eating fruits and vegetables, by doing your exercise every day, all of these different things will offset a lot of the negative exposures. Again, this is what healing yourself and helping yourself is all about. You need to set your life up to ensure your success. You know, what I do is, look, I'm going to let you in on something. When I was 18 years old, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So I was super healthy. I fought. I certainly had no symptoms. I was a young kid. I was a runner. I was in great shape. Still am, by the way. And long story short, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, had symptoms. I had blindness in my right eye. I could not move my upper extremities, my lower extremities well. It happened suddenly, at least in my perception. But MS is very similar to many other diseases. It creeps up on you. It causes degenerative problems. We're talking about disease in general now. They get to a point where finally your body produces some kind of symptom that you recognize as a symptom. With me, it was sudden blindness. I mean, I was in my biology class. I was taking a, a college-level course that, that time as a senior in high school. And I remember my college professor, I was looking, I was peering through a microscope, and I was one of the better students. And he said, Michael, tell us what you see under the scope. And I said, I don't see anything. He says, no, really, just describe, just describe what you see under the scope. I thought he was kidding. I said, Professor, I see nothing. He walked over to my microscope, looked in my scope, clearly saw things, and said, you need to go see your doctor. Well, look, jumping to the end, I'm 51 years old. I have run marathons, triathlons. I've done martial arts. I was just at a health expo where they were running people with tens of thousands of people there and running people through sort of like an American Ninja course. And I did this and I had the second best score out of anyone on the board. I was wearing jeans and I just passed by. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. You see, you can achieve virtually any level of health and healing that you want. What I mean to say is that throughout at least my experience, 27 years of clinical experience, there is, I cannot even think to the best of my knowledge of any condition whether it be cancer or multiple sclerosis or something else that someone hasn't beaten effectively, even though others that are supposed to know more than they do said they could never beat. So if you want to heal yourself, that's the theme, right? And help yourself. And the sub theme is 
you must think differently than others. And if you think differently than others, your choices, what your actions, what you will do daily will be different than others. Not everyone has a smoothie every day. Not everyone walks every day. All of the things I'm describing here matter. So those two neurologists that my father brought me to, I remember he was scared. He brought me to the best neurologist that he could find. And I remember them. They were in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and they were brothers. And they died me with multiple sclerosis. They gave me a a prescription for prednisone, which, by the way, I still have the bottle of prednisone with every pill in it. On my website, I write, there's something under my blog called uh, Mile 18, which I, which I write more about this story. But the last thing I'll say about it is this. I was afraid, and I went into sort of a shell, and I thought that my life was done, that I was going to be a cripple. Who knows? What, what was going to happen with multiple sclerosis peering over me and in me. And then one day I got fed up and I said, you know something? My, my dad threw me this nutrition book and I started reading it and I was excited and fascinated with the possibilities that natural health had. I cannot claim that people with MS or any disease are going to do as well as I have done. But... I can tell you, when I look at the things that I do compared to those who are not healthy, like I am, is they don't think like I do. I decided at an early age that I was going to heal myself. And I was legitimately and authentically, not just excited, but I was elated about studying health and nutrition. It became, first I was petrified by fear. And then I gave up that and I took on the process of healing myself. Sure, I had help. My father was a very talented nutritionist and he he took care of me. He taught me what to eat. He gave me my nutritional supplements. And yes, if you want to get healthy, in my opinion, you need to take nutritional supplements. The argument that foods are more important than nutritional supplements is a silly one because even if foods are more important than supplements, supplements are absolutely necessary in certain diseases. And any healthcare providers or anyone else who diminishes that concept, well, you can go ahead and do research at the National Library of Medicine, which is pubmed.com, and you will find over 3 million citations many of them having to do, tens of thousands, proving that nutritional supplements and diet work in many different diseases for both their prevention, their treatment, and even their reversal. And no, a multivitamin alone will not do it. What's important is both foods and supplements are important, but if you want reliable forms of pharmaceutical-grade nutrients and specific things for specific problems, you must take supplements. So I, of course, yes, I produce a supplement line. Do I produce every supplement needed? No, I do not. But those things that I felt I could make cheaper and better and pharmaceutical-grade, I did. And I make those available only to my patients. And you'll find them on blooddetective.com. For those of you who have questions about anything supplement-related, show ideas, comments on this show, 
I want you to send them to me at the following email. It's an easy one. Info at blooddetective.com. The website's blooddetective.com. My email is info at blooddetective.com. Now, some of you might want to work with me. Great. Call me. 914-552-1442. At the end of the show, I'll give you all that information again. Plus, it's on my website. So, we have established that if you want to get to a level of health that you are not at now, you must think differently. When you start to think differently and start thinking in health possibilities, what does that, that other version of yourself who knows all the answers, what, what response would they give you to, I can't do this, this can't happen, my doctor says this is incurable, and see what answer you get. You know, the, the brain is a funny thing in the nervous system. In the field of psychiatry, psychiatry and psychology and sociology, they, they know something. They know that the internal conversations that we, uh, that perpetuate our thinking, that literally are our thinking, both consciously and unconsciously, they, they have a life of their own in a sense. You know, one, I'm going to tell you how I use this concept. Let's say I'm trying to figure out how to help a patient. Sometimes I will rack my brains and say, I am not sure what I need to do next for this person or with this person. I say to myself, okay, it's bedtime. Brain, I want you to give me some kind of answer when I wake up. Now, sometimes I wake up and guess what? Nothing. <laughs> okay. But other times, it might take two days, it might take a week. I wake up and I've got something. That is a phenomenon that's known to take place when you give your brain certain suggestions or simply ask it outright questions. The nervous system, the brain starts to work on that. For example, if you want to come up with a list of everything you fear in life and everything that you hate in life and all the things that have gone wrong in your life, Believe me, you could sit down with a piece of paper and you can go on all day long. But if you ask your brain the opposite, what has, what has been great in my life? What are all the things I've achieved in my, in my life? You know, how have things gone right for me and my family in my life? And if you, what you focus on is what you get. We also know that the way we think and the way we perceive ourselves, that in large measure can set the stage for how we age, literally how we age. You know, if some of you take a look, I've been told, okay, I'm not bragging here, but look at look for yourself an info at blood detective. Look at look at my picture at info at bloodetective.com. In, in the about us section, about practitioners. I have a I have what they call a muscle shot there. I have a muscle shot there as part of my longevity program. At 51 years old, I probably look more like 35, 37 years old, but I have no physical limitations. I can run fast. I can do over 25 pull-ups in a row. I do weight training. It all feels good. I have no limitations in life. I travel in life. I have abundant energy so that I can work on healing plans with my patients. You know, if you want to have a life that you love, it helps a lot if you have a physical body that can keep up. 
So I walk around with a psychology and I'm not in denial of how old I am in, in uh, chronological years. I'm 51. But biologically, and according to many tests that I've done, I am decades younger biologically in many respects. I also walk around with a mental attitude that I have no limitations. So why wouldn't I work out for two hours if I chose to do that? Why wouldn't I lecture all over the United States and abroad, uh, Canada in one day, Boston the next day, flying home the next day, having a full week's worth of clientele? You know, the thing is, it also helps when you're excited about what you do. Now, without getting too far off the track, if you want to heal and help yourself, you have to just declare that you deserve that. Forgive yourself for any conscious or even unconscious reason that you might have that you deserve your illness or you deserve the life that you have. Let's assume it's not the one you envisioned. Start envisioning the one that you want. Start thinking about how you would look and how you would feel and do yourself a favor. Exaggerate the heck out of it. Don't just meet some positive visualization that you have. Like for example, maybe, maybe you can't walk up a hill. Okay. You can picture yourself walking up a hill and studies have shown they've done this with basketball players. When they've had basketball players shoot shots, practicing shots physically, and then others just thinking about shooting the shots. And then another group that thought about shooting and actually did the shooting of the shots. Who do you think was better? Who do you think got more shots statistically? The one that used their nervous system by thinking about it, engaging the nervous system, and then the physical aspects of things. When it comes to any physical or health goal you have, it doesn't matter. Cure your, your aches and pains, your autoimmune disease, your cancer, your fatigue, your cholesterol levels, your blood pressure, improve your memory, help your hormones. It doesn't matter. You need to see it happening and why not take it a step further? So rather than just picturing yourself strongly walking up that hill, maybe you're running up that hill. Now, I'm not saying you should run up that hill first when you start. And I should also give you the disclaimer right now. You shouldn't do any of the specific things that I'm talking about today. You cannot, some of you, depending upon your health. So you must work with a qualified healthcare provider before beginning anything that we're discussing today or anything I'll discuss on any of the Ask the Blood Detective shows. Now, scientists also know that when you're visualizing yourself, let's say running up that hill, jogging up that hill, walking, for those of you that can't even walk or stand, whatever it is that you want to do that you can't do or you can't do well, when you are visualizing, listen to this, please. Don't see yourself from the outside as if you were another person looking at you doing the activity. You need to think about yourself in your body, looking out as you and seeing what you would see if you were actually doing it. Okay? That brings a different level of reality to your nervous system. And then your nervous system, if you practice this over and over again, you literally change your nervous system physically. 
the number of neurons, the neuro, neurologic connections, the neurotransmitters, all these different aspects of your nervous system, your central nervous system, your peripheral nervous system, they physically change, they biochemically change to help you actually do the thing. Sometimes I'll be sitting down, I'll daydream, and I'm thinking about running a, a race. So I'm preparing for a half marathon now. And I'll find myself sitting there with my hands a little clenched, sometimes held up a little bit, like rather than on my thighs, they might be lifted in the air as if I were running, and my heart rate's up. And in my brain, I'm actually running. So you want to make it that real. Once again, one of the habits of highly successful people that studies have shown over and over again is that these individuals, long before they achieve their success, they could visualize it, they can touch it, they could smell it, and I'm telling you, this is true. I knew it about myself, and I know it about you, even though I don't know you. This is simple, simply a matter of physiology and energetic health. So once again, we're talking about how to heal and help yourself. It requires a way of thinking that is unlike the way you're thinking now. So how do you start thinking differently? It's easy. Just start thinking differently. Remember what I said? Imagine that there's another version of yourself who knows how to think differently and somehow knows an answer and see what you get. You'll start to develop what I've called throughout today's show your new normal, a new way of thinking that gets you much further along than your current way of thinking. This is the only way I think you can possibly create a new you, a new you both physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, in every way that you can. So you might ask yourself this question, and you know, feel free to listen to the show more than once because, and, and, and taking some notes because writing down something like, you know, what would the new you do that your current self is not doing? Because by asking yourself that question when you're stuck, when they saying, yeah, I know, I listened to that show yesterday, I was so motivated, now what, what did he talk about? Okay, health, thinking differently, acting differently, taking different actions every day. You might say to yourself, so what would the new you do that your current self is not doing? Well, maybe you'll start eating some fruit today or more fruit. You might need to take it to you, with you to work. You might leave it at home. You might bring it to the gym. Uh, whatever your lifestyle allows or whatever you want your lifestyle to, to allow is what you need to do. You want to make sure that you set your life up for your success rather than just imagining these limitations in your life because there are no limitations in your life. Now, let's talk about physicians for a moment because we trust our physicians and we should to an extent. Physicians are people and people have biases and they have lack of information and then they have their experiences uh, in their area. And sometimes people will confuse expertise in one area as being expert in many areas, particularly in the health field. So I said earlier in the show that most physicians have less than 30 hours of nutrition training throughout all the years 
other education and virtually no training in health or what we really call health care. Physicians are very good at dealing with disease. They're very good at surgeries. They're very good at emergencies. And they're very good at prescribing medications. And, and this, all of those things have their place. But considering the well-known fact that physicians, with all their knowledge, do not have knowledge sufficient to comment most of the time about the role of diet, certainly the role of nutritional supplements, you would not, you may not want to be too upset if you ask your physician about specific supplements or nutrients and not be too upset when they give you an answer something like, that's a waste of time, uh, don't throw your money away, uh, it's just not accurate. And I'm going to put an offer out there to the physicians who I have tremendous respect for. I mean, I graduated medical school, uh, but before that, I became a doctor of chiropractic. And these days, I focus mostly on the use of nutrition in chronic disease. I became a dietitian, a certified nutrition specialist. I'm a double board certified nutrition. I'm a, a double sports nutritionist. I have many certificates and diplomas um, and licenses in different healthcare fields simply because I realized early on that the better, the, the more well-rounded I was, the better I would serve anyone who sought my help. Plus, I wanted to practice what I was preaching. And when I felt there was a limitation in the philosophy or the coursework, I decided to just go back to school. I'm, I'm always studying. And people will sometimes say to me, how do you do all that? How did you write 10 books? And how did you write this software program for doctors to interpret blood nutritionally? How, how, do you, how did you do all that? Because I love it because I live it. So it's not work in the, in the sense of, you know, how some of us think about work. If you don't love what you do, it sucks your energy. It causes anxiety. But when you love what you do, then something entirely different happens. And that's how I experience my life. I'm just excited about helping others and, and myself through what I've learned. But Physicians, uh, unless they've done extra training, some of you uh, have been shocked at the comments. Some of you will say to me, Dr. Wald, when I mentioned to my doctor about these, these dietary changes, these supplements, he said that you know, these are a waste of time and money and uh, I should stop doing it. And then I would say, okay, so does your doctor have any uh, nutrition training? Well, well, I don't know, my patient might say. I'm like, well, maybe you want to find that out. Some patients actually find that out and they, they learn to their surprise that there's no training. So why would you entrust someone to give you health advice that doesn't have training? I mean, would you go to your gynecologist to fill your cavity? You need a different kind of doctor for that. So I think you understand what I'm saying. You can also, and I'm, I'm always encouraging my patients to question me, you know, they'll say, okay, Dr. Wald, uh, what do you mean that if I take omega-3 fatty acids, I might offset the chances of developing Alzheimer's dementia, which runs in my family? Uh, well, I'll, then I would send that person abstracts of scientific journal studies. No problem. Some patients 
actually make excuses for their doctors. They'll tell me something like, well, you know, my, my doctor's so busy, uh, you know, uh, so I suppose, you know, I can't really ask him or her for like proof that, you know, nutrition doesn't work. And, you know, I am um, astounded at that because that is the type of thinking that will keep you sick. You want to question any and all practitioners you go to for your own education so you can become a smarter healthcare consumer. But here's the offer that I just said I wanted to make to the physicians listening. I would like to invite any practitioner on who has a medical license uh, to debate with me about the relevance and necessity for improvements in diet, and especially nutritional supplements in many of the major killers today, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disease, and many other complex conditions, infections, etc. And I would like to have a debate with you, which is would consist of you letting me know and the, and the listening audience why you feel that what I'm saying is not true. Or what in your experience that you've heard from your clientele or in your life about nutrition and claims that you feel are not justified or what physicians love to call evidence-based, which means they have a scientific uh, backing, let's say, for how reasonable they are. And let's see what happens. I have never had this offer taken up. So I would greatly... uh, appreciate any physician out there who's willing to have this debate. And I'll give you the questions. I'll give you some questions beforehand so you can prepare. You know I'll be preparing. And we'll hit all the the questions that that people want to know. Do supplements work? Um, Why do doctors say nutritional supplements are a waste of money? That they create expensive urine? All kinds of stuff. And we'll do that on one of these shows. But for now... Let me give you a few other examples before we end the show of some things you can do in your life that other people may not do that make you unique in terms of your thinking so that you can heal and help yourself better. Well, if you are just listening to the show and you don't know the first thing to do, just start eating more fiber. You know, fiber are fruits and vegetables. Just eat more than you're eating now. And then take your supplements. You don't take any supplements? Well, most physicians actually do agree that everyone should take at least a multivitamin. After years and years and years of denying the role of nutrition, um, over 10 years ago or so, there was a study in the medical journals that actually came out. It was a huge, huge splash you know, in the, in the medical literature saying, guess what? We have found that people tend to live long if they just take a multivitamin. So consider that. Get your blood work tested, but have it looked at by someone like me or a blood detective that knows how to read blood work for healthy, not just average. I do both. And then do simple things. Floss every day. Get the bacteria out of your gums. Do some form of resistance training every day, some sort of light weight training, or more than light. But again, you'll need to not just see your doctor to get their okay. You might need a trainer for a couple of uh, rounds uh, to, to get the hang of things. I also am a personal trainer. Yes, I am. So I give that instruction to my patients too. How else could I give complete health care if I didn't have certificates in these different areas? 
You always want to just learn new things, question things. Send me your questions and I'll post them up on my blog or you post them on the blog and I'll respond to them. You want to eat slowly. You want to eat organically when possible. You want to drink more water throughout the day. How much is more? Probably more than what you're drinking now. You know, get outdoors. Read more. Get your brain working. You know, face your fears. If you have fears about your health, afraid to take a look because you're afraid of what you might find, I see this a lot with people. You know, there's power in actually finding answers too and figuring out natural healing solutions. And if you get stuck, if you're told something about your health, you don't know what to do, once again, put it on my blog, ask your question, and I will respond to it. And when you're thinking about your health, I don't know about you, but I'm convinced that setting both short and long-term specific and well-defined goals really give you a map of where to go. So maybe your short-term goal is to lose 10 pounds in three weeks. Uh, maybe uh, it's lowering your cholesterol in four months. In other words, you want to pick out some reasonable time and then you need to set up your life with, the, with healthy habits, some of which we've discussed today, to help you get there. So short and long-term goals. If you're feeling a bit anxious about one of the goals you're, you've set, maybe you're, you're realizing, I, I don't think I can get it done in this amount of time. I've got too much to learn or it's, there's some other block or imaginary block there for you. Fine. Reset the time. If you do that more than once, you need help. It's okay to ask for help from a health professional. And I would say, start, my last bit of advice is, start something today. It could be as simple as drinking some more water, or having one less cigarette, or going to bed earlier, or if you're driving in your car and you're upset because there's traffic, when you shouldn't be upset, folks, because you're listening to the show, so that's a good thing. You want time. Just practice letting something go, something that's been bothering you, eating you away. It is killing you. So I appreciate you listening to the show today. Heal yourself. Help yourself. We're going to talk about, on the next show, some of the specific ways in natural health care for you to feel better. I'm going to talk about certain nutritional supplements, a fascinating concept about topical nutrition that you rub on your skin, and something uh, called hyperbaric oxygen, all kinds of, of cool, natural healthcare approaches for health and wellness. So you've been listening to Ask the Blood Detective. My name is Dr. Michael Walt. I'm the Supervisor of Nutritional Services at Integrated Nutrition of Mount Kisco. I'm about an hour north of New York City. You can call me at 914-552-1442. You can email me at info at blooddetective.com or go to my website, www.integratednutritionny.com. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Don't let it wait. You Catholic girl start my
much to 